Hi, I'm John Murray, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to NL Full-Time. It's the last NL Full-Time podcast of the regular season, and it's fair to say it was a dramatic day in the National League. We're going to head back to Tuesday evening. I saw recently draw Altrincham 1-1. They did take the lead through Tyrone Barnett, but they were pegged back through Ryan Colclough. And the reaction at the end from Eastley said it all. They, they had a massive chance to have the playoffs in their own hands. They don't. They had to go to Solihull Moors. Let's hear what Ben Shevins thought about it all. So, Ben, 1-1 uh, draw, uh, ultimately frustration in the end? Yeah, yeah, probably because obviously taking the lead, um, you know, it was a tough game. We expected to be a tough game. They played some really good football at times. They're probably one of the better footballing teams. Um, but I just felt for all their position, we didn't. Um, it was all long-range efforts, and it was the one time in the game where I think the boys thought they was going to give a foul, which would have been birdie pulled the lad down. I think the, they half stopped and switched off, and then um, we got punished for that one moment, that one moment in our box. So. Um, yeah, look, frustrating, but it is, it is what it is now. We can't change it. We, um, we'll take the point and we get ready to go again Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that stage of season where it would have been a really tough, hard fought away win, wasn't it, in the end? But ultimately, like you say, he didn't hold on and goes into Saturday now. Yeah, look, and the, the main thing is that we're, we're fighting for, to do it on Saturday. You know, um, 41 games, we're eighth in the league, but it's where we're going to be after the final whistle on Saturday. So, um all the teams around us are playing each other. We got a really hard game away at Sully Holmes. We know it'll be a tough game. So um, look, we just got to try and go there and get the three points. Like even if we'd have won tonight, we'd we'd have still probably had to win, go and win Saturday anyway. So um, it's been taken out of our hands, but it's never really been on our hands. You know, it's never in your grasp until it is. So um, we just got to try and go and play well Saturday. Hopefully, put on a good performance and. Um, take the three points to see where that takes us you know and hopefully it is into the playoffs yeah it's been a really up and down playoff race hasn't it recently you looked out of it and then all of a sudden you, you, you're back in it again and there's teams in and out and like you say it's so difficult to predict and in terms of the season for you you got your one kick away from uh, two years ago wasn't it at Salford yeah. uh, from getting to the final and, and do you feel again that you, you're close maybe close to getting to that level you hope you hope so that we've um, it's a different makeup of the group you know that I had a lot of experienced boys, a lot of ex-football league players, all throughout my team um, two years ago. Um, and you know, like you said, we was one kick away from beating Salford, and I really believe we would have been in the football league club. But it's yeah. been a lot of hard work behind the scenes, um, massive reduction in the budget, lots more younger players brought in from all sorts of places, and um, you know, I had to be really careful of our recruitment. Um, so look, if we do it, I've got so much love and respect for that group that I had, and we we made the playoffs with because. Um, Ultimately, I wouldn't be a manager if it weren't for them boys. They got me the job full-time. Um, but I just think it'll be a, an even bigger achievement if we can do it with this group, just because of um, where we brought them from. They're all from yeah. different sorts of places, and um, they've been brilliant all season. They've worked so hard for each other. Um, they're all in there disappointed right now, but the main thing is that no, it's not over. We've got a chance to still do it on Saturday, and that's what we'll be trying to do. Yeah, and it's sprinkled with a bit of experience in there, and it, ultimately, if you don't make it, like you say, I suppose you... They're one year older, all the younger lads, and they'll be ready for next year to take on the challenge again. Yeah, look, we're we're worried about that, and I have loads of time to think about that sort of stuff in the summer, I suppose. But um, you know, just we've worked so hard to this point, and it's been such a crazy season, just with everything we've gone through to get to this point. And um, you know, we've had some tricky patches over the season. You know, we were well out of the race, and uh, to win six out of seven games to give us a real good chance, and then to come here and get a point. You know. The, the form that the boys have been on I think it's 19 points from 
like seven games or something like eight games I think it is now so that's like literally championship winning form to even give ourselves a chance so credit to all the teams in and around us that are, are doing the same um, because for someone who asked me eight games ago before we played Notts County away I said well, I think we need six wins and some added bonus to go with that to try and get into the playoffs we've got the six wins now so um, I thought that'd be enough but unfortunately it probably isn't going to be now that was Ben Strevens and Eastley. It was out of their own hands. They had to get a result at Solihull Moors. As it turned out, they didn't. They lost by two goals to nil. Jimmy Ball and Joe Sabara with the goals there in the first half. It was quite philosophical there, Ben Strevens. He was kind of almost like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then we've got a team young enough to bounce back next year. And they'll be there or thereabouts again, Eastley. But they'll be so disappointed it was in their own hands going into the to start of the week, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a massive opportunity missed in the week. But, uh, you know, all the teams in the National League have continued to play with pride and every team scrapping for every result they can get. The whole statement, it's, you know, it's a nothing game or, you know, it doesn't mean anything to any team. It's just not true. I've not hardly seen or heard of a game where that really was the case, uh, perhaps with the exception of uh, the champions, Sutton, um, and how they got on Saturday. We'll look at that in in, in just a moment. But... uh, you know, the job was done for them. They'd won the, the, the title. Um, for Eastleigh, you never know now. Um, it could have been a very different story for them if they'd held on on the week, but they couldn't. And uh, it was a tough ask to go to Solihull Moors, uh, I think the second best home record in the National League. And uh, and they prevailed. So Eastleigh never really got into the equation on Saturday. Yeah. What was disappointing at Altrin was it was almost like they didn't believe they could go there and do it either. They got ahead and they went into the shells a little bit and... That'll be the most disappointing thing for Ben Strevens' men. Uh, congratulations to Sutton. If you've not had a chance to listen to it yet, then listen. If you subscribe to us, then please do subscribe because you'll be able to listen to the Sutton, special Sutton podcast that we did. We had Dan from Gandemonium. We also had Louis John on there and Matt Gray with special guest, the National League Trophy. So make sure you listen to that and... I think they departed hard, it was fair to say, this week. They went to Barnet and lost 2-0. I don't think they'll care one jot, but uh, I'm guessing they, they had a week off training <laughs> before that game. Not too sure. I know Matt did allude to the fact there was going to be several more parties, and it's good to see. I know, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad it didn't even come up in our interview about the game that they still had left on Saturday. Look, fair play to Barnet. They've been a different breed, a different setup, really, since um, Bassey and uh, Anderson turned up and credit to them for remaining professional for finishing the season strong a 2-0 win for Barnet there but I think, uh, they, I may think have secured, they may have secured yeah. the job with that as well mightn't they for next season I don't know I think that works probably already well uh, you know been well documented um, at Barnet and uh, I think when you look at just how well they not only steadied the ship but uh, started to to win games of football again I think uh, I think they deserve that crack at it next season yeah, Torquay finished second in the end. They finished the season with three draws. I saw them on Saturday at Altrincham. They drew nil-nil. And what wasn't the, the best game, it was fair to say, although it was good to see just over a 1,000 crowd at Altrincham. And interestingly, on Altrincham, before this season, they hadn't had a nil-nil draw at Moss Lane in three seasons. Well, they started off the season with a nil-nil draw at home to Weymouth, and then they finished the season with a nil-nil against Torquay. The battle for the home tie in the playoffs was on. It was between Stockport and Hartlepool. Hartlepool took the lead early on and they leapfrogged Stockport into third. But ultimately, John Rooney's deflected goal down at Yeovil. So Stockport get the three points and stay above 
Hartlepool, who beat Weymouth by four goals to nil, which means that all-important home tie for Stockport. Yeah, it does. And uh, interestingly, though, they've gone about things very different ways. At the end of the day, Stockport did enough. They kept another clean sheet and they found a way. Uh, I settled down to watch uh, the goals as they went in. And, uh, you know, you see what Rooney's preparing for. Oh, it's going to be another Rooney cracker. And then he shoots. It's off target. Uh, it takes a deflection and goes in. But uh, if you don't shoot, you don't score. I think in the National League, with no uh, dodgy goals panel, he'll be credited with that one, Rooney, and he won't care. Stockport won't care. They got the job done. Hartley 18 unbeaten for them as well now, Rob. Yeah, fantastic run for them. Uh, they're very hard to score against and very hard to beat. And those are two of the reasons why I favour them to do well in the playoffs. Hartlepool, well, they've got themselves right back in form. It's a brilliant response from... Uh, uh, the last uh, couple of games after that defeat at uh, Sutton. Um, Johnson, Oates, Shelton and Hollihan all on the score sheet. And Dave Chandler couldn't ask for any more, really. Four goals, a clean sheet, and they'll be in good spirits going into the playoffs. Yeah, and we'll find out who they're going to play shortly. So, Notts County, they secured fifth position. Um, so, congratulations to them. It's a great, great run from them in the end to get to get in there and... They'll face a home tie against the team who finished sixth or seventh. So they, they're basically going to face a team who finished in sixth. So it, it all went down to the last game. You had Halifax, Chesterfield, Bromley and Wrexham all in a shootout. And as luck would have it, Halifax and Chesterfield were playing each other at the Shea. Wrexham were down at Dagenham and Redbridge in the BT Sport game. And well, it's... It was a fantastic day, wasn't it, Rob? It was so topsy-turvy. And I was listening back to a podcast that we did with Tom Feeney a couple of weeks ago, and Tom said, it's going to go down to the last five minutes of the season. And he was spot on, wasn't he? He was spot on. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, it didn't look great for, for Bromley's prospects. But first of all, you've got Chesterfield and Wrexham with the destiny in their own hands. Uh, for Chesterfield, they took the lead. Uh, they've been pegged back by Halifax and then ultimately found a winner. It's 35-year-old Nathan Tyson. So they got the job done. The a knockout blow from Tyson. It was a knockout blow from Tyson. And uh, I just exchanged a couple of brief messages with uh, James Rowe. Um, he, he can't come on and join us today, but he's very, very pleased, of course, that Chesterfield um, have made the playoffs. And uh, he, he's not going to rest on his laurels there. They want promotion. They've put themselves uh, in the hunt now. Um a bizarre game, really, or a bizarre day for Wrexham. Um, they go a goal down at Dagenham. But do you know what? With other results elsewhere, that's fine. They were losing the game and still in the playoffs. Later on, they end up drawing the game and it wasn't enough. And that's how crazy the last day can be. And that's all due to Bromley got the key goal that got the job done against Notts County. That propelled them into a playoff position. Uh, and with Chesterfield's winner at Halifax, that dropped... Wrexham out of the position. So Bromley are the big winners on the day. Wrexham, the big losers. And uh, it was a tough one to take for Keats, who also had uh, a half-time substitute, Rutherford, come on and then get a straight red. And uh, I don't think you'd have any complaints if you saw that tackle, Luke. Yeah, it's a shocking tackle. He was only on for five minutes, wasn't he? And, and funnily enough, Wrexham's equaliser, if, if VAR had been operation, he'd have been offside. He was he was miles off. And the, the linesman was, was way behind play as well. So that should have been ruled out so it could have been even worse for Wrexham in that sense and like Dean Keats said afterwards the occasion got to them Dagenham with the team who were playing like they were going for the playoffs and um, 
ultimately, it wasn't the Hollywood ending that Rob and Rob McElhenney and Rob and Ryan Reynolds wanted. But yeah, as we say, congratulations to Chesterfield. And I know I said it the other week. I was convinced Bromley would be in the playoffs. You and Tom weren't so sure, but that's going to be they're going to be the team that people will maybe slightly fear. Now Bromley have got to go to Hartlepool, Notts County play Chesterfield in those eliminators, and then the winners of those games will play away at Stockport and Torquay. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to repeat the stat that I mentioned in last week's podcast. Bromley, seventh, when Neil Smith lost his job. They then, full credit to Andy Woodman, I think they've won eight games, drawn four or five, lost only one. And ultimately, that was enough to keep seventh place. Uh, it's incredible, really, the form that they had to keep up from the minute Smith, uh, Neil Smith left. Um, but I, I, I want to say congratulations to Bromley, congratulations to Andy Woodman, but also huge congratulations to, 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 to Neil Smith because Woodman's come in and finished the job that he started. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, there'll be dark horses in the playoffs and it just shows that predictions are always right because I know in our little uh, quiz special that we did, I said Wrexham will do it and it'll end up being a Hollywood dream maker and, and ultimately it wasn't. Um, just going back to Wrexham then, he... I don't know if you saw Dean Keats's interview, but he kind of looked like um, a man who maybe knew he was finished. I don't know about that. I think he's uh, an incredibly deflating situation. You know, you start the day with the destiny in your own hands. He talked pre-match about controlling the controllables. And unfortunately, they couldn't control it. And um, I think there's some soul searching for the new uh, Wrexham owners uh, to go through. Um, I'd love to hear from Wrexham fans. You know, if you if you follow us, um, give us a tweet or go drop us a DM. Come on and talk maybe next week. What do you think? What do the Wrexham fans think? Personally, I think if I'm Rob or Ryan and I'm ambitious and I'm putting that kind of money in, I probably want to go with my own choice of manager. That's just me. If I had the money and I don't. But what do you think, Wrexham fans? Keats was quite bullish, wasn't he, as well? He said, we're, uh, we're not in the top 15 budget of the league which some people might raise their eyebrows up. It's certainly, <laughs> that'll certainly change next season, won't it? But he, he's, he's claiming that they've overachieved this season. Well, I'm staggered at that. If Wrexham, you're telling me Wrexham's budget's between 16th and 24th, then I am shocked. Maybe Wrexham fans um, can give us an opinion on that. I, I, I don't suppose too many people know because people, people think they know what Cubs' budgets are, but they, they, you know, they might often, often have a very good idea of their own one. But... Um, no, I think it's not going to be a time of celebration, clearly, for Keats or for Wrexham. Um, they certainly did have a, a, a much, much better second half to the season and they occupied a, a playoff place for many of those last few months. And uh, ultimately, they just couldn't hold on to it on the last day. Quickly on Dagenham then, Rob. I mean, I know they, they spoke to Mark Robinson at the end of the game on BT and he sort of said it was a start at Costas and Darren McMahon said the same thing and Jeff Fraser said, will there be any changes? And he said, no, not really. We've signed up these boys over the last three or four months to to go for it next season. And you'd like to think they they will be in the playoffs next year, won't they, with the squad they've got and the investment they're, they're putting in? Well, yeah, but I thought that this season and uh, they didn't make it. It was a tremendously strong finish. And I think on the back of that, as you say, a lot of people will probably tip them for next season. But for some reason, and I don't know what it was, the, the likes of McCallum and Belanta, they really took a while to get going. But I think McCallum's on a, well, they're both on a really decent run now. I think McCallum scored in seven or eight games on the trot, which is, which is fantastic. Um, 
McMahon, well, certainly those results over the final two or three months of the season will will justify him uh, continuing in the role at Dagenham. They're an ambitious club, ambitious owners, and they will probably not put up with a mediocre second season from him. And to talk about Hartlepool's season and what the, what we can expect in the playoffs from them, it is super fan, and he also contributes on BBC Tees as well. He follows Hartlepool home and away, and is a big supporter of our podcast. It is Mark Carroll. Hi, Mark. Hi, nice to be on. Thank you yeah. for asking me. Yeah, our our number one fan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You know, we, we do try. Talking of fans, it must have been enjoyable watching Hartlepool this season. I know I saw them at Altrincham early in the season, and they were they were fantastic, even with ten men, especially in that first half. And they, then they were quite solid in the second half. And it, yeah. at one stage, you looked like they were going to go for the title. Just didn't quite happen in the end, did it? But you must be happy with playoffs. Well, I mean, yeah, fourth top. I mean, since we've come into the National League, we have been underwhelming, to be quite honest. Um, you know, it, there's lots of games home and away where we've. I think the problem is when we first came to this league, we made the Cardinals sin that we thought, you know, we're playing teams with no disrespect to them now. Teams at the time like Ebbsfleet and Dovers and Walken, and you think, well, Rowley's over, no problem. That is the biggest mistake, you know, you can make, and we've learned the hard way. But this season, the, the, the key is this season, we've actually got a manager who knows the level He's never finished outside the playoffs in his, his time in charge of any club. Um, and his recruitment is nine-tenths of the law. His recruitment has been spot on. You know, whether it be loans, short-term, long-terms, of permanents, he, he knows a player and he has a style of play that, that suits the level and suits what as fans we want to see. Um, so I, I'm delighted with the fourth. We, we could have got a bit higher, but I think the, the, with having more, with having played more games than anybody else, we knew there was obviously a chance those teams would catch. I mean, you've got to hold your hands up and say Sutton, Sutton's blip was what three or four draws in a row. So yeah. you've got you've got to say that there have been worthy winners. Um, it's not always the best teams that win this league; it's the most consistent. Um, we can't, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Sutton. They might not have the best individual players. But as a team, as a squad, they've they've just managed to find a way of winning. But I'm quite happy to be, you know, in the playoffs and have a home game. Um, the way we've played, watching the streams, I've watched all them home and away. Our home form has been unbelievable. I haven't seen home form like this for about 15 years since we were sort of League One, League Two. It's unheard of for us to win that sort of many games at home. It's interesting you mentioned about the attitude side. That's what. And like you say, it's what slips up a lot of teams who get relegated into this division. You always see them going, oh, I'll only be here for one season. But it's the attitude of going to somewhere like um, a Woking or a Wheelstone on a Tuesday night and grinding it out. And sometimes they turn up with a wrong attitude. And then if the fans get on the back, all of a sudden they're under pressure and it just spirals from there. And I think the year Luton got up under John Still, they actually had that attitude of, right, don't care who we're playing, we've got to go in with that right attitude. And it got them promoted. And like you say, now... That was like what's happened with, with Hartlepool. Yeah, we look at the league, you know, look at today, Wrexham have missed out. Um, there's obviously a big expectation there. The, the the National League, you look at the playoffs and most of those teams are all teams that have been in the Football League. And there's only Sutton who've got promoted who have no history of Football League, but the rest of the teams involved in that are all teams that the, the own fans will probably think they should be 
in League Two. Um, but as I say, we, from my opinion, we never got come to terms with being a National League team for a good couple of seasons in this league. And that was the biggest mistake um, they made. Whoever was the manager at the time or the players, they never got the grips with it. And the, the attitude mentality was wrong. But, I mean, Dave Challenger, he's, uh, he's a fantastic manager at this level. Uh, and as I, going back to the sort of signings he's made, Luke Armstrong is one loan signing. That is, he didn't play today because he was ill. Um, nothing serious, I hear. But those sort of players, you know yourself, the, the goals, if you've got somebody who was a fox in the box, you know, we could never afford to buy somebody like him. But to get him on loan is a, was a big boost to us. And he came at the time it's, that we sort of took off just after Christmas. Mark, you talk about Luke Armstrong. Uh, I was very impressed with Hartlepool when they played at the EBB a couple of weeks ago. They really did get the job done quite clinically and professionally. Um, and, and Armstrong got his goal scoring going again that day. But the player who I thought was outstanding, your man of the match that day, uh, and he scored again in the 4-0 win on Saturday. And that's uh, Reese Oates. Just how good has he been this season? Well, I'll tell you something. At the end of the game, he was given the, the players' player of the year and the supporters' player of the year at the end of the game. So he has been. He was being. He was here originally for three or four seasons ago. Um, his work rate, the closing down that he does, that you see, the pace that he had, was there at that time. That was never in question. But once he got into the final third, he composure wasn't there at the, when he was here before. He just, I think his highest scoring season was about seven goals. Um, we went away to Markham, he's had a couple of seasons there. But coming back this season, he's been a totally different player. The, the thing that affected him last time he was here is he was unfortunately played more of a wide player because he was the pace you've seen. But playing on the front two with Luke Armstrong, um, fantastic. That, that where creating everything, as I said, is there. But the goals now, that's the, that's the key thing. He's finished our top goal scorer. That's the thing that he's improved, that composure in front of goal. I think this is the best season he's had, whether it be Hartlepool or, or Barnsley or Markham. Um, and I think he's just it's just all clicked. For him, it's clicked with having a partner and it's clicked with the players we have that you maybe saw, Sterry, Fergus and the wing-backs. Their delivery is, is into those two players are key. And he also probably and scored the goal... That- I was going to say, oh, he also really? probably scored the goal this season in that defeat to Maidenhead as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he spoke about it at the end of the game. Danny said it was, you know, he, he's won a goal of the season award for that. He said, he said, it's a goal he'll always remember. Unfortunately, at the time, he couldn't celebrate it because the overall team performance was was really poor on the day. But, I mean, that goal, you could just watch it back and back, and back over and over again. It was, it was a wonderful goal. You know, if there was a crowd in, it would have, it would have made it better for him. But them two strikers have been have really, really clicked. And the game today against Weymouth, I think Weymouth, it was a straightforward game. Weymouth give it the best shot, but obviously nothing to play for. Um, the, they made it competitive, but it was pretty comfortable for us. The main thing for us was that once we were a couple of goals ahead, we could start making changes to the team. Players who were maybe a little bit, you know, carrying knocks or whatnot, start to get them off. And it was a fairly comfortable game, the right sort of game to finish the season, just to give us that confidence going into the next uh, Sunday. And looking at that game next uh, weekend, you'll play at home to Bromley. 
And and mm-hmm. yes, when you look at all the other teams, they're all the big ex-league clubs and Bromley stand out. But in a way, is that a little bit of a worry, isn't it? Because no pressure or expectation at all on Bromley. The first time they've made the playoffs after a few tilts at it in recent years. Um, and they've got that man cheek up front who, uh, when you've got him, you've always got a chance. Well, yes, he's, he's a danger. I think he's finished, he finished the top goal scorer in the league, I think. Um, yeah. They are, yeah. I mean, we've had two two very tight games against them. It was nil-nil early in the season at Hartlepool, and then we recently got beat 1-0 at Bromley. So both mm. games are very tight, nothing much in mm. it. Um, yeah, and you haven't, so you haven't scored against them this season. So, uh, yeah. I think if we can score against them in the playoff eliminator, that'll be bigger than any three points. Um, so we maybe we owe them a little one for for getting four points off us. Sorry, as I keep banging on, I mean, we've seen them against Stockport, Torquay, since Andy Woodman's come in, Notts County twice, not been beaten in any of those games. So no. they, I think they'll thrive on going away and being the underdogs at Hartlepool, won't they? Yeah, I think they will be. The fact that we've our home record is is so good. I mean, we've lost one, drawn one since the start of December. So, you know, we went on an unbelievable record of about 12 or 13 home wins you know, undefeated. So there will, I imagine there will come, there will use that and say, well, you know, we, people may think we're the underdog because we're not an ex-football league team. Hartlepool are at home. They're all, the fans are there. All the pressure's on them. But I think that, that we've got a carry manager in Dave Challoner that won't allow the players to fall into that trap. You know, we've, we've worked so hard to get to this point. Um, and I think, I think that game, again, I think it'd be very, very close. I think maybe there's only one goal in it. Mark, if you should progress, and I know, you know, you're not a professional footballer, you're not a manager, so you can do this. You can look more than one game ahead. Yeah. Um, should you progress against Bromley, you'll have to go to Edgley Park mm-hmm. and take on Stockport. They're very difficult to beat against, uh, beat and very difficult to even score against. Um, how would you see that one going if you get there? Yeah, well, maybe it's due a defeat, you know. They're on a, they're on a good run. Maybe they should have lost before the uh, the playoffs to get the loss out of the system. We went we went there and drew one all. Um, it was a really really good game, tight game. That was Paddy Madden's first goal for Stockport. Unfortunately, he grabbed the equaliser against us. So it, again, we can use a role reversal, and if we do go to Stockport, then we will be the 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 team that are the underdog. We'll be the team that. People think, well, it'll all be about Stockport, the money they've got, the players they've got. But I, I think like a lot of the teams, the playoffs, I don't think I, I wouldn't fear going to anybody playing any team now because what's at stake is a place in the Football League. So if it's stock, if we go to Stockport, we have to beat Stockport. You know, that, that that's just the way it's going to be. But I wouldn't fear them because for all of them, they've got a lot of big names and they've obviously got a a lone player, Richie Bennett, that we had, and they pulled him back. Um, I wonder why they did that, I eh? I know, I, I can't understand why they gave us him in the first place, but uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't last long. But look, you know, I'll, I'll go there full of confidence. I think you've seen in some of the home and away games we've played that that we can match the, the best teams, the teams who've splashed the money. Um, like, you know, Notts County have have come into a bit of form now after people writing them off maybe a month or so ago. I don't fear going to Stockport. The roles will be reversed. They'll have the crowd. They'll have the pressure. Um, I trust in the players that we've got. 
quick word from you, Mark, on the other playoff eliminator. Uh, Notts County against Chesterfield. My money's on James Rose, men, but uh, how do you see that yeah. one going? I, I don't disagree with you, actually, because although see Notts County have come into the, a bit of form now and they've got themselves in the playoffs, even though we beat Chesterfield 3-0 um, in a televised game not long ago, I do think that they've, they've got something about them. So it would not surprise me at all for them to beat Notts County. It wouldn't. I just wanted to ask you, lastly, um, was the game against Weymouth the first game that you've been back to the stadium since lockdown? Yes. Yeah, it was a, it was a first home game for 14 months. And and how so how we, how did that was it just weird was it weird was it strange are we just all delighted I mean obviously not seeing your mates you stand with every week for for God knows how long and how how was that feeling and how's it been watching your team just on a stream for fourteen months because we're privileged well, enough to get in as media so we've been to a few games yeah we're watching the stream yeah it's it's you feel a disconnect you know you you're watching it on the stream there's no atmosphere in the ground you can hear every player's remarks to each other. Um, I heard John Rooney played against us for Stockport and got sent off and I could hear exactly what he said to the linesman mm-hmm. maybe he would have got away with it with the crowd in um, it's it's very bizarre very strange watching it on the stream it, it's almost like watching just a practice game but you know there's more there's more on it um, but going today it's very, it was very strange you're looking forward to it um, once you get through all of the protocols of how many temperature taken and whatnot. Just getting the ground up buzz is there that it's it was almost it's almost like you know Christmas Day you you're just delighted to be in the ground um, because some of the teams have had have been able to go in between lockdowns when they've been a tier system unfortunately in the northeast we were always in the high tier so we never had an opportunity to even see a game so it, it was wonderful it was wonderful to hear the crowd noise it was wonderful to have the the banter between the players and the linesmen and the referee. I think the referees and linesmen maybe missed the crowds as well, you know, for not getting a bit of abuse. Um, it was it was just a delight. It was a delight being on the ground and it was a delight seeing people that you haven't seen for a long time and catching up with them. And we have another game next Sunday and we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it and we're gonna the seventeen hundred there are gonna sound like four or five thousand, I can guarantee you that. Excellent. Well, Mark, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for the support of the podcast and and best of luck. And we may well see you at Wembley. Well, yeah, Bristol, unfortunately. Oh, Bristol, of course, yeah. Mini Wembley uh, is the National League. Uh, mini, mini Wem- yeah, Mini Wembley. We'll leave, we'll leave that We'll leave that to uh, another day, maybe, to talk about that. <laughs> Excellent. But, yeah, Luke, if it, look, listen, if it's, if it's Bristol in the season, Hartlepool get promoted, I won't care where the file's held. If Hartlepool in the Football League, we can play it anywhere they like. You know, that won't make a difference to me. Just a quick one on Halifax as well. They they were the other team to miss out and they were well in the playoffs two weeks ago. And even though they ended up finishing 10th, I still think they've had a really good season, Halifax. Another team that's punched above the weight, but ultimately it's, uh, they've just fallen short. And again, it's probably that home form. If they'd have replicated some of those results at home that they have done away, they'd, they'd be easily in the playoffs. Wouldn't they? they may even be pushing Hartlepool and Stockport for that third and fourth spot. Yeah, I mean, ultimately for Halifax, it's a season of what might have been. They, they've they ultimately missed out the playoffs by four points. That was almost unthinkable three weeks ago when they looked the most certain of the teams below the top four to get a playoff place. But it just shows you've got to keep going right to the very end. Uh, they probably haven't had quite the resource 
quite the options that some of the other clubs have had. And as you say, full credit to them. You know, once you look below Sutton, uh, you get down to the likes of Bromley and Halifax and you have to say they've done extremely well for the size of clubs that they are. Yeah, other results. Well, we've got to start with this one, Rob. I mean, it was certainly end-of-term stuff, wasn't it, down at the walks at the game you were at, the one you were looking forward to the most because it was the shortest distance from your house. Yeah, it was a nice, close local game and I was gutted when I saw the fixtures come out at the start of the season and we had to wait until the end of May. But thankfully, it went ahead. Thankfully, it went ahead in front of fans. Thankfully, I was there to witness uh, Michael Gash's last ever performance for, for Kings Lynn. He... Missed a sitter early doors, but uh, came back and scored a quite brilliant goal uh, to keep uh, Kings in it towards the end of the first half. Look, ultimately what it showed for both teams was that uh, they play good football and they create chances and they will score goals. But they've got a bit of work to do defensively. Um, focusing first on that man, Michael Gash. Uh, he scored that uh, goal in his final game and I caught up with him after the game. I'm joined by uh, Michael Gash on what was uh, his last game for Kings Lynn today. And, well, we'll wait and see if that brings to an end uh, a career littered with goals, Michael. And uh, thank goodness, from your point of view, one today after the miss early on. <laughs> yeah, get that out of the way straight away. Um, yeah. It was one of them, it just comes across. You try and keep your eye on it, a bit of a bobbly pitch and it's just just kept bobbling and I just haven't got enough on it and put it wide so um, disappointed and obviously I think you see that by kicking the post but um, <laughs> thankfully I, I did get my goal and you know most importantly we um, we came out with a point in the end which I think we deserved and a fine finish it was to be fair ball straight through the middle you ghosted onto it probably couldn't believe yourself that you were onside and saw Mitch Walker out the corner of your eye coming out I guess because you just lifted it over him yeah I did I, I saw him coming out and then I saw him stop so I thought oh, is he going to go back and then he kind of like hovered there, so I thought the best thing is to uh, to put it over him. But thankfully, that that won my name. You had a tremendous uh, reception from the fans before the game. A lovely guard of honour from both sides, um, and and just quite a cracking game of football. I know you'd have liked the win, but uh, a 93rd minute equaliser for all. Uh, it's going to live long in the memory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was you know brilliant for to, to hear your name sang, and you know when you come off, and nice touch on the gaffer and. Everyone stood up applauding you. It's, it's a great feeling, and you know the guard of honour at the at the start as well. Big thank you to the older older shot players and and staff that did it as well. They didn't have to, so you know that's a great touch from them as well. So the whole day's been brilliant. But like you say, it would have been nice to get the win, but um, I think a deserved draw in the end. Um, you know, a last minute last minute header from Ty. So it was uh, it's a good feeling, and like I say, I'll miss this place a lot. Um, but I'm I'm not just I'm not finished just yet. No, I don't blame you. Play as long as your body will let you, mate. So this Kings Lynn side, I think you saw two sides out there today that have had a lot of plaudits this season for the way they play football. And there's goals in both sides, but I, I'm, they need more now, both of them, don't they? They need to cut out the silly mistakes. Yeah, definitely. And the, the gaffer knows that. That's, that's been a, a, an integral part of his team talks, really. But the way the season has planned out for us and we've got half a squad, if not more, on furlough, players coming in on loan, players that aren't playing in a few leagues below uh, helping us out um, so it's a team that's been put together but we um, you know we've done the best we can but as a positive in a, in a bad season uh, there's no relegation so you know the team and everyone can learn from it and maybe cut out their mistakes next season Yeah that was Michael Gash he's going to be a big big miss for them isn't he with his experience 
yeah, leads the line, a lot of nous, good hold up play. Um, and, and nous is probably a little bit physicality and nous is probably the two things that Kingsley need to find to, to push on again uh, next season. I have to say, in, in a couple of goals that they gave away to Aldershot um, um, today, that, that reminded me a little bit of some of the goals that Aldershot Town have, have, have given away to. Um, I have to say it was a thrilling game, um, but you, I think you'd have been a lot happier if you're a Kingsland fan. Three times they came from behind. They were 2-0 down to 2-all, 3-2 to 3-all, 4-3 for all of the final 20 minutes until that dreaded, uh, enemy of Aldershot Town added time and for the second week running they conceded uh, ultimately probably should have had uh, four points or six points they ended up with uh, just one from the two games but uh, yeah a thrilling game thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it lovely place to go the walks and uh, I thought we really should speak to either their manager or chairman and uh, Culverhouse was as elusive as he has been I think the only manager in the National League we still haven't spoken to on the, the Scarlet Pimpinella, the National League. <laughs> That's the one. But somebody who uh, doesn't mind a little chat and he was very obliging with his time after the game is the uh, Kings Lynn uh, chairman, Stephen Cleves. And I caught up with him as things were winding down. Uh, he had a pint in his hand after the game. I'm joined by uh, Kings Lynn uh, chairman, Stephen Cleves. Stephen, an absolute thriller to, to end the season. And uh, I guess I know it's been a long one, a hard one. Uh, with lots of difficulty and challenges, but uh, you must be very proud of your side today. The way they come back three, four times and that the four all against Aldershot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, I mean, four, eight goals. I was saying, joking with Mark up the top there, we should be charging by the goal. Yeah, it'd be better. <laughs> and uh, I mean, really, really good football. And uh, you know, since the fans have come back, which are, without the fans, the whole thing's a waste of time. We, we've had two games in a week, and we've we've scored five goals at home and, and we haven't lost and so that just shows you what the fans give you and and, and you know they, they're far too underused and uh, you know, admired by the, especially the larger premiership clubs who really find them a necessary nuisance I think and for, for us they're far more than that they're the DNA of it all so you know, I think they helped and, and I thought it was a great game of football great for all the shots and great goals and uh, as, as I said earlier it's not a defensive masterclass for either side but it was a it, it showed it, you know, there, was some, there was some good goals it was, it, was, it was a thrilling game wasn't it end to end stuff exactly mm. Now, I know, I think I'm right in saying, you correct me if I'm wrong, but at the time when the question was first being asked, I think you would have liked to have been able to, uh, um, you know, mothball everything and, and, and finish. But you've been very respectful of the decisions that made. And I've noted mm. that all along. And you've done things the right way mm. with the furloughing of players. You've got some good youngsters in for Ian to look at and work with. And, and I think you've been a credit to the National League in the way that you've done that. Well, it's very kind of you to say so. It, it, it's... Look, I wanted to stop. I made no bones about that. And in Dover's scenario with a 40 grand fine, I'd much prefer to write out a cheque for 40 grand and be done with it. It's cost us several hundred grand to, to end up where we've ended up. And um, it's not great putting the club into debt longer term. However, uh, the decision, we're part of a bigger group. And in that decision, it's we live in a democracy. You have to kind of abide by it as much best you can. And obviously, next season worries me slightly because I'm worried about if the situation reoccurs, what they're going to do about it. And I don't think it's it's right to put people through it for a second time unless they're going to get grants, which I think is fine. Uh, but, um, you know, it is what it is. As you say, we've had, a, I mean, long-term injuries with Aaron Jones and Ryan Jarvis has been in and out of injured and uh, etc. So we've used the furlough for any player that's injured. That's enabled us to bring in some youngsters, as you say, pay some expenses. But a lot of them have played for literally nothing. I mean, mm. just expenses or a few hundred quid, not a few hundred quid, but a few hundred mm. quid a month, not yeah. A week, and, and yeah, it, it is what it is. You just have to make do with what you've got. If you've only got what you've got, then you have to just 
cut your cloth off accordingly. But uh, one way or another, and as challenging as it's been, you, you've enjoyed your first season at this level of football. Yeah, look, it's been great because we haven't gone down, and I think in a way it's given us a chance on the positive side you've got to look at the positives that we've gone to every ground now we've had a look at what they you know it's not going to be a, a new to us next season apart from Grimsby and South End although I've been there myself but mm. the club as a whole hasn't been there so it's nice to you know it, it's good for us to know and you're looking at a full-time model for next season Stephen yeah that's right so we we will we'll go full-time next year which is expensive not just on the player front but on the people you have to employ surrounding it the accommodation stuff for the players there's lots of hidden costs which you don't necessarily see however I think it's important to stay in this league to do it on a part-time basis it's not really fair on the lads because they come out for a day's work they have to put themselves on a football pitch it's 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 hard and it's a hard league it's not it's not i mean i think it's a harder league than league two my manager would tell you it's not the case my belief is it, it is because there's i mean i mean how many ex-football league clubs are there 12 or something mm. and you would add the two that have come down that's 14 Sutton have gone up so it's still going to be at, at most 13 so that's, that's that's that shows you how tough it is and arguably there's some bigger teams in our league than there are in league two so i i think it's is a very very tough league to stay in and i think we've got to give ourselves the biggest chance we we have and to do that we need to go full-time and hope that the crowds come back and support us so we can survive another season and just if you want to join this it's entirely up to you we now know who's going to take place in the playoffs bromley have uh, uh, sort of nipped into the party at the yeah. last minute late winner at aldershot last week uh, relatively late winner today and wrexham miss out that won't be too good for the hollywood boys but uh, yeah. Uh, who, who's your money on uh, in the playoffs? Uh, who do you think might be hitting the right form at the right time? It's, it's, a, it's a close one. I, I mean, I, look, I like Bromley. I like, I like the club. I like the chairman. I think he's a decent, decent guy. I think they've, they, they cheek gives you so much up front and I think they're a decent football club I, it wouldn't surprise me to see them uh, do well and, and go through I, I wouldn't put my money on Torquay no, dis, no disrespect to them no disrespect to anyone but if you're asking me the question I, I'd have to have, have two bets because I always like to have two and I would probably go for Bromley or I'd go for Hartlepool or I mean Stockport as well I think it's between those three yeah. um, is Stockport are decent it's just it's so hard to call it isn't it, it I, is. I suppose if I, you know, if I had to narrow it down I'd go Stockport or, or Bromley between the two because I just think Bromley have, have got have got a team which has been together for a long time and I think that accounts for a lot and and, and they've got they've got a, a goal scorer in cheek so that's seems to be very important they don't concede that many Bromley either do they so so I don't know that would be my, my hunch but um, it, it's going to be a tough league from a from a from a business perspective if Bromley go up this is no disrespect to them uh, it, it's a small it's another big name being kept in this league which is greater for crowds for us so uh, mm. from a purely businessman's point of view I'd, probably, I'd rather Bromley went up uh, uh, that's no disrespect to anyone else but anyway I'm sure they'll be very pleased with that comment anyway <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah. well I yeah. know you've enjoyed yeah. the season yeah. enjoyed the fair on show at the walks today have a good summer and we'll see you next season yeah. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks. Yeah, that was Stephen Cleave. And, and like you alluded to there, Rob, I think for the likes of Kings Lane, Wheelstone, Weymouth, we've got to say thank you and well done because they could have easily just like got trying and kicked up a fuss and got the season cancelled or put out really weak insides and, um, and, and, and questioned the integrity of the league. And I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but, but well done to them. And, 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 They've not just gone and been whacked 6 7 nil. They've actually made games of it, haven't they? As we've seen today, I mean, Kingsland, last game of the season, they could have easily thrown a towel in, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sadly for Kingsland, they actually didn't get a win in the last 13 games. There was quite a few draws in that run. You know, just backing your point um, that, that, that Kingsland did do things the right way and credit to them for that. I think the interesting thing for uh, Kingsland going forward, they've got a tremendous manager in Culverhouse. He really brings on young players. He's got great contacts in the game. But I think, as Stephen Cleave alluded to in that chat, 
Kings Lynn needs probably a bit more physicality, athleticism, uh, maybe a little bit more nous. And uh, can Ian Culverhouse find that, get that in without compromising his obvious footballing values? That's the challenge perhaps for Kings Lynn next season. Mm, I think the big thing is, is um, he's got his links with Norwich City, hasn't he, Culverhouse? So he may well get in a couple of good loan players. Woken. They lost 4-2 at home to Wheelstone in the end. Wheelstone went out with a bang. Two goals for Ryan Gondo. Um, Woking limping over the line in the end. And Yeovil, as I mentioned, lost to Stockport County. They, they've had a bit of an underwhelming season, Yeovil, haven't they? Yeah, it's been a mixed one and one they'll want to move on from, uh, I think, uh, Luke. And uh, just going back to that uh, Woking game. Uh, Gav Dennison texted me after the game just confirming Woking have lost seven home games in a row and in six of them they've conceded four goals. Um, uh, it's been a really tough season for Woking since Christmas and uh, it might be just as well for Douse that he got that new year two contract, uh, new two-year contract signed back a few months ago. Otherwise, uh, there might have been some soul-searching to be done at Kingfield. A final mention this season, Luke, for Alan Devonshire's Maidenhead United. They went to Boreham Wood on the last day of the season in the battle for 13th place. And they came out well on top, 4-1 winners in the end. But uh, a special mention for substitute goalkeeper Reese Lovett, who ended up coming on the pitch and playing as a centre forward in the final few minutes and got on the end of a cross from the left uh, to smash it home for a goal. Uh, which sparked wild celebrations and a really creditable finish to the season for Maidenhead uh, and 13th place. I know, Rob, we um, we made predictions at the start of the season. We'll come back to them in our end-of-season podcast, but we also made some uh, some wild predictions during the BT Sport versus NL full-time quiz as well, didn't we, regarding the playoffs? Yeah, we did. Uh, we got everybody to say who was going to win the title and then who would win the playoffs. So, we have a bit of elimination here um, and uh, basically only three people said that uh, Sutton would win the title. Uh, one was your good self, Luke. Uh, one was Adam Summerton and one was Becky Ives. However, this is the point, Luke Edwards, where you sit down because you picked Wrexham to win the playoffs. <laughs> so you're out of the game and uh, Adam Summerton, Becky Ives, if you're listening, you are still in it. Uh, so, uh, fair play. Uh, Adam Summerton's picked Hartlepool to win the playoffs and Becky Ives has gone for Chesterfield. So, uh, let's see how that all pans out and if anyone can get it absolutely smack on. So, yeah, that is it. The playoffs are upon us. We'll be across all the games, giving our thoughts and views on it. We'll try and get to as many games as possible all the way up until the final. And then we'll review the season at the end of it. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us at NL Full Time. It's the same on Instagram as well. Rob, thanks for joining us. Yeah, loved it as always. Can't wait for these playoffs now. Love the fact that there's two weeks between them and they're on the weekend. So we'll be back next Sunday after uh, the first round of Eliminators. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Thank you very much. Enjoy the playoffs and we'll see you all very soon.